Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, February 1st. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Well, I am battling the ravages of the common cold this morning, but I'm a hockey player, so I play hurt. So we're going to soldier through. And I apologize in advance for any snuffliness that might come through uh, over the audio. At any rate, it was a big week for gold with all of the Federal Reserve news, which we're going to dig into here in just a moment. Gold hit nearly a nine-month high on Thursday. The price peaked at 1326.30. That's the highest price we've seen since April 26th. Gold finished out January with its fourth monthly gain, rising almost 3% on the month. We're a little bit off of those highs this morning. Optimism that the United States and China may reach a trade deal in the near future has boosted the dollar and it's put a little bit of a drag on gold. On Thursday, President Trump said he will meet with the Chinese president soon to try to seal a comprehensive trade deal after the top U.S. negotiator reported, quote, substantial progress, end quote, in two days of high-level talks this week. The Fed was the biggest driver behind gold surge this week, but a senior commodity strategist at Bloomberg Intelligence said there are other reasons to be bullish on the yellow metal. Mike McGlone said that he expects to see higher gold prices as rising government debt looks unstoppable. Quote, gold is set to resume the almost two-decade-long bull market on the back of increasing U.S. budget deficits and peaking dollar. The Congressional Budget Office released a report projecting that the U.S. will increase its debt by another $12 trillion between 2020 and 2019. And keep in mind, the CBO tends to be conservative. The government shutdown apparently didn't save Uncle Sam any money. The U.S. Treasury Department said it will borrow about $8 billion more than originally estimated in the first quarter of 2019 as deficits continue to spiral upward. According to new Treasury Department projections, the U.S. government will issue $365 billion to credit markets in the January through March quarter. This stacks on top of the $426 billion borrowed through credit markets in the October through December quarter. There's absolutely no hint that Congress or President Trump have any intention of getting this spending under control. But government spending is one of those things that people just generally ignore. You know, it's not a problem until it is. But people certainly aren't ignoring the Federal Reserve this week. The Federal Reserve Open Market Committee met on Wednesday and held interest rates steady in the 2.25 to 2.5 percent range. Now, this wasn't really a surprise. Nobody expected the Fed to raise rates. What did take people by surprise was the super dovishness of the central bank. Powell and company basically signaled rate increases are over, well, at least for now. Powell ratcheted up the dovish rhetoric we heard out of him over the last several weeks, saying, quote, the case for rate increases has diminished. I would need to see a reason for further rate hikes that would have to include higher inflation. Powell started talking like this when the stock market tanked in December. We've been calling it the Powell put. Well, there's no doubt now that the Powell put is still in. Peter Schiff came up with another name for it. He called it the Powell pause, as in the pause before the Fed actually does a complete 180 and starts going the other way. Peter doesn't think that this tightening pause is going to be enough to rescue the market over the long haul. 
I agree. The Fed's tightening experiment, which only managed to get us to two and a quarter to two and a half percent, popped the bubbles, blown up with nearly a decade of easy money. Now, Yellen and Powell thought they were being slick. They didn't try to make the addict quit cold turkey. They took the drugs away slowly. Well, nevertheless, at some point, the addict is going to notice he's not getting his high. And that's what happened in December. Now Powell is telling the addict, no, no, don't worry. We're going to keep the monetary heroin coming. That seems to have appeased the markets for now. The Dow pushed above 25,000 on Wednesday's Fed news. As Peter put it, the monetary drug pushers at the Federal Reserve gave the addicts on Wall Street exactly the fix that they had been craving. But eventually, drug addicts always want more. You have to have more of the drug to get the high. It's not going to be long before the markets demand more. That's when you're going to see rate cuts and eventually more quantitative easing. But for now, we have the pause. The FOMC removed language from its December policy statement that risks to the outlook were roughly balanced. It also struck out language that projected some further rate hikes would be appropriate in 2019. Powell also said the Fed's balance sheet reduction was no longer on autopilot and basically admitted that the Fed would only follow through with tightening if it could do so without upsetting the markets. As Peter Schiff said in a tweet, that's impossible. If the Fed doesn't want to upset the markets, soon it will be forced to go back to QE and 0% interest rates. So just think about how fast all of this has changed. Back in September, Powell was talking about three hikes in 2019. Now we're at zero. He was talking about reducing the balance sheet, that the process was on autopilot, and that even if there were problems in the economy, the central bank wasn't going to use the balance sheet as a tool. It would rely only on interest rates. Now, every tool in the box is apparently available. So what changed? The Fed is trying to tell us the U.S. economy is still strong, although global growth is a little worrisome. But nothing has actually changed in the overall economy. And is global growth really any more worrisome than it was three months ago? As Peter said, the only thing that's really changed between the September meeting and today is a bear market in stocks. The bear market that happened in the fourth quarter of last year and the acceleration of the downtrend that accompanied the last rate hike the Fed delivered in December. That's the only substantive difference between now and then. And that's the only reason that the Federal Reserve has done a complete 180 when it comes to monetary policy. Oh, and now there's no sign of inflation. Powell talked about the absence of inflation as a reason to be patient on future rate hikes. But is there really any evidence that inflation is absent? Yes, the official numbers are muted. Here's the thing, though. A lot of the downtrend in inflationary pressure had to do with falling oil prices. But oil was falling based on the expectation of central bank monetary tightening and a strengthening dollar. In essence, a policy that doesn't look like it's going to come to pass. Ben Bernanke once said one of the main reasons central banks don't want to leave interest rates too low for too long is that it will lead to inflation. Well, interest rates have never been this low for this long. We're staring down the barrel of the biggest inflationary threat ever. Think about all of the money the Fed has created over the last 10 years. This is all BS posturing by Powell. The truth is, it's all about the stock market. Make no mistake, if Powell had said the Fed was going to push forward with interest rate normalization and continue shrinking the balance sheet, if he had said that during this last meeting, the stock market would have sold off and the bear market would have been back with a vengeance. The Powell put, 
or the Powell pause, or whatever you want to call it, has sparked a little bear market rally, but it won't likely last. The real question is, then what? The World Gold Council released its 2018 gold demand report yesterday. Global gold demand grew by 4% in 2018, driven by a multi-decade high in central bank buying. The most interesting thing to me in this report was that retail investment in gold was actually up last year. Gold, bar, and coin sales grew by 4% in 2018, driven primarily by a surge of investment in the fourth quarter as stock markets tumbled. Coin demand actually reached a five-year high last year, and it was the second highest total on record. I'll link to that report in the show notes page, and you can read all of the details uh, from the World Gold Council. So, demand for gold is solid. The tightening cycle appears to be over. In all likelihood, the next easing cycle is right around the corner. Now, gold went up to $1,900 during the last easing cycle. Imagine where it could go the next time around. With the Powell put still solidly in play, now is a great time to buy gold. We're in a clear uptrend for gold, and we suspect we'll continue making new highs over the course of the year. That means now is the time to buy. We've pushed above $1,300. If the Fed continues on its dovish path, and there is every reason to believe that it will, now is the time to get in. So call 1-888-GOLD-160 today and talk to a Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist. They can tell you more about what's going on with the gold market, some of the best products you can get into, how you can store your gold, all of the information that you could ever need. Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. Also, you'll want to check out the newest It's Your Dime interview. I talked with Nick Gillespie. He is the editor at large of Reason Magazine. We talked about free minds and free markets. Uh, the subjects covered everything from stupid government regulations to what the evolution of music can tell us about the march toward freedom. So you can find that over at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at iTunes or on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. You'll find links on the show notes page for all of these things. And if you're listening on YouTube, please feel free to share your thoughts on this week's gold news in the comment section. We always love to hear your input. So thank you so much for listening to the show, and I will talk to you again next week.